Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. A poor soul of noble origins, a squire tested in battle, a knight errant forged in Camelot, a man strengthened by love. Join Adam as Sir Gulliston and Craig as the Game Master in Blood and Lust, a King Arthur Pendragon duet game of chivalry and mythic adventure. Let us win glory for our king, who will reward us with honors and lands, and the devil take the hindmost. So, getting all ready for uh, the feast tonight, um, you and Baldrick head out. Is there anything you wish you that you wish to do before the feast? So, something that I probably don't usually do is... I would probably like something. Okay. Something that I would do that I don't usually do is I would say a prayer to just like any kind of luck I can get on my side. You know, I don't really like ask you for much God, but please just kind of like look, look down upon me for this, for this act and, and like, you know, help me, help me do what I, what I'm destined to do and kind of just like this whole spiel or whatever. Uh, in private, of course, and basically think about like what's at stake for a little bit. Just kind of like think about like how I've been given this golden opportunity, and I I can't let my lord down. And after after pep talking myself and doing a little prayer in private, I'm gonna go. What exactly is Golis, Sir Goldstone thinking that his his lord expects from him? Well, I think he expects me to rescue the Countess and to probably fetch him some kind of like dowry of wine or something. I mean, I don't really know, but I need to I need to come back with at least a tale. But I mean, I think much more than that is like more is implied. Like I need to I need to rescue this woman and I need to allow my lord to indulge in this wine of legend that he's told me about it's surely not fair that i would have tried it and my lord is not so dinner that night is as festive as the previous evening and everyone is ignoring the black story night broken only by the clash and voice of lightning sometimes the thunder thunder disrupts the poets or singers and causes the dancers to fall on the floor but the food is good and the wine is plentiful tonight they're serving uh some veal custard pie, and the the entertainment of the evening is some knife juggler whose speech is all puns and really bad puns about knives and what people do in bed together. You know, it's it's a short feast, so let's uh, you know, how much of a fan of feasts I am. So you have a few options here. You can you can indulge, you could intrigue, you could flirt, um, or you can uh, go for the feast deck. Feast deck. Alrighty. I mean, I, I should have known. I'm just waiting for like Golston to just like drunk yell out to the bar, just like play play the Swan Knight or whatever. So wait, I'm like waiting to hear the Swan Knight, and that's like my cue to ask for Noah's wine. Uh yeah, on the third night. Got actually this is quite um appropriate. Um the card is called Excellent Wine. A very good wine is served at your table. You're going to make an opposed roll. At temperate, mi- minus three, versus indulgent at plus three. 
So I passed the temperate, but I failed the indulgent. So um, actually, you get to check your temperate. That's uh, that's what comes of this. It's, it's not much, but um, you know, it's it's very very good wine. It's not. It's probably better than the wine the, from the previous evening, but it kind of gets you wondering, like if these are like the caliber of wines, like, like what is this Noah's line? Yeah. This is like, he's wondering like, okay, so yesterday I had the best wine in my life today. I had an even better wine. That is the best wine in my life. Is this Noah's wine? Like actually magical. Who knows? I mean, it's not like you grew up with such finery, but uh, the count is kind of like, um, joining in in the reveries while he um, does not pass his temperate and goes straight for the indulgent of the second wine. And then someone kind of like um, comes up to him and um, whispers something into his ear. And you notice that from afar his like the joy kind of like drains from his face. Uh, I'm kind of like carefully watching him as I take another sip and, uh, does he kind of like mention anything or does he just kind of look more solemn, but still going about the feast? Would you like to make an intrigue roll? Yes. I don't really have a good shot, but let's try it. Natural one. All right. Uh, first off, creature, uh, you creature intrigue. Uh, so check that, you know, right away that it's, um, it's, it must be bad news. And he, the count is kind of swirling his glass and just like just throws it all back in one like sorrowful gulp, which in your mind is like almost like a waste of such, such a wine to just throw it back. But then he, he just he's just looking really sad. And like, since you are one of the guests, he kind of turns to you because you crit. So he'll say directly to you. He says, my friend, uh, today is the blackest of nights, the probably Worst news I've heard in an age has fallen upon this sorrowful table. Count, what is it? Well, a uh, great, great friend and flower of chivalry is no more. I just received news from a messenger that Sir Amarin of Stonely, valiant roundtable knight, he's been murdered. Golston like, kind of... Uh... Like, like a, a glass, like drops and shatters in the distance. Golston is like kind of um, in disbelief. He's just like, no, surely your source is mistaken. I, it was just not long ago that Sir Amarin, you see, he's my benefactor and a, and a friend of mine, dear friend. This can't be true. And Golston like is visibly shaken by this, but uh, he's kind of just like, like in disbelief he's just like no 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 it, it surely can't be he's he's better than me how could he have been taken out so the count uh, fills his glass to the brim and fills yours as well and he he takes another drink and he says it was a murder most foul um some craven knight called sir barrelot <sighs> he attempted even further to to attack his manor and carry off the lady Lyowen, his wife. No. I mean, the, the plucky woman mustered the commoners and fought back with such fury that five mercenaries were killed. And it is said that like she 
you know, was able to rescue the famous heart blade from his body. But I, I, my heart goes out to uh, the lady and her daughter. And he takes a long drink from the glass. So Golston hearing this news, this like, he forgets why he's even here. This is just like, just too much. Like he's so visibly shaken right now. There's tears welling up in his eyes and he's just like staring down at the table, just trying to imagine a way that this could not be true, but it's just, it's just like too much for him to to handle. And he's just like, uh, he's just like, looks incredibly just pale and just like sad. And then this kind of rage starts to bump, like this rage just kind of starts to burn inside of him for the, for the bastardly night that killed his benefactor that killed a man that showed him kindness. And he just is like it to be so vile as to make attempts on his family and his manner, like that scum, that wretched dog. And he's kind of, this is just kind of like welling up in him right now. And he's just like turning like beet red with anger. And he's just like in his head, he's just vowing to kill that man. Oh, would you like to test merciful versus cruel? Or, yes. or would it be forgiving versus what's the opposite? Forgiving vengeful. And actually, forgiving vengeful sounds a lot uh, better. So let's test that. Okay, so I fail the forgiving. Let's try this. Vengeful. I fail the vengeful as well. Which, uh, which are you feeling closer towards at this point? Because vengeful. You, please check your vengeful because this is very not a forgiving act that you're considering, and. The, the count is just like beside himself and he just finishes the glass and eventually has servants help him back to bed. And, you know, kind of like you're left there kind of stewing in your pots and here comes uh, the countess Triamore and she kind of like pops over, sits next to you. And then she's trying to start up this conversation about how exciting it is to, you know, be with a woman, even though um she is in a relationship or you know you know be with a man even though he's married and you know it's it's very exciting wouldn't you say so as well that is how uh courtly love works right sir he's just like yes yes countess trimore this is all very interesting but i'm afraid i've received some very terrible news today i'm sorry if i don't share your excitement about these things oh surely not another one who would spurn my advances the good count here will would never try me he just seeks to cover me and keep me from others and she kind of like puts um her hand on your top of yours obviously not reading the room very well i think that like in a different circumstance sir sir goliston might have have not held back from that but given the grief that he's experiencing he is he is going to kind of just like pull his hand away and just be like, my countess, now is not the time. My sincerest apologies if this offends you. It's just that I am hurt for the loss of my friend. Can you make me a trusting roll? Uh, pass, nine on a 14. Like your gut's telling you that there's something to the countess's story and she's obviously trying to get at something, but in the back of your mind like it's not like you trust that like she deserves a champion but um you kind of feel like something else is like a foot here 
do I feel like she could have been responsible behind the plot against um, Sir uh, Sir Arryn? Amryn, sorry. Oh, absolutely not. You just made your trusting role for her. Okay, I'm just kind of like getting a vibe that... Plus it's uh, Sir uh, Bertolat uh, was the accused. Yeah, I don't know. I think like maybe in his anger and grief, he's just like, and like his frustration with her, like coming on to him, even though he's like uh, very depressed, he's just like, did she put this Bertolat up to this? But it's just like some maddened thought that kind of just like... Because he's just like starting to think like, I don't know, like the way that you're coming off right now is just like, it's just not attractive to him. But he's, but like at the same time, like it's like yesterday he looked at her and he was like, you know, taken aback by just her beauty and stuff. But like, even he's like finding himself like annoyed at at, um, her like forwardness, I guess, Uh, because he is like a, he's, he's more like of a, a chaste guy, I guess, you know? Like, I don't know. I guess I'm not really phrasing it right. But like, I think that he's just like not really used to that type of forwardness. So he's like kind of uh, pushing back against it a little bit. Sure. Check your chaste. But um, she kind of understands and nods her head. It's like, don't worry. Tomorrow night, that's the feast. And if the old Lord doesn't complete his rituals, I will be free forever. Help me then. And when I call for your aid... You will steal me away to the rear postern, and I'll have horses waiting. Take me away, and I'll be your true lover forever. I know you just got to, you know, ask for Noah's wine after, you know, after the Swan Knight um, story. Once once the Lord is drunk, can escape. Things will be good. Indeed, Countess. It shall be done. And uh, Golston is kind of, like, in his head thinking, like, man, am I really going to, like am I really going to do this to this man who just lost somebody that like is important to me and important to him? Like, I know he's feeling this loss because like, I liked him too. Like that guy was awesome. And like, you know, it's like, am I really going to like add to, to this injury here? But he already agreed to, um, to free the countess. And that is something that he still kind of like believes in. Um, so he is gonna and he's taken by her romantically and like physically of course so like that also weighs in pretty heavily um so yeah that this is still happening this is still going down interesting i mean you you do um you did crit your um intrigue role so you you do know that um the count has been sincere in his fourth white right about um his um loss for sir amarin and the circumstances and like I'm not sure if um, Golston's picking up on it or if he's just stewing or whatever, but like you, you did crit your intrigue and something is just not right about everything that's been going on the past few days. So you're thinking about that as you're lying in your bed at night, like just you're on this mattress and it's a comfortable mattress, but despite that, you just cannot fall asleep. And you wake the next morning having gotten like no rest at all and it's raining even harder um sir C then asks once again if you would like to go out on patrol with him i go with him again but this time i i will pick his brain more uh as we um, ride you're you're about to like um say yes and then like the the storm like crashes out even harder it's 
I, I would need an uh, energetic roll to get you out of the castle in the weather despite all this. Yeah, let's see if I can muster this uh, energy here. Yeah, 5 out of 15. All right, so despite um, the weather outside and everything just being miserable, you somehow pull yourself into the saddle and, like, you... The, the two of you and like these dreary looking peasants like drudge through this slop and it's kind of like getting up to your shins already starting to be a bit of a slug um like a little bit of a flood and the the, the two of you wade out um to places where there's um uh Southern is kind of just like indicating the peasants should dig and they're they're digging but uh at this point you can't help but notice that like the wall of the dike you could see like waves kind of going right up against the side of the the water and it's like some starting to spill over i um i'm gonna like try to pass uh sir seether in a a wine skin and kind of try to like pick his brain about um the count and the countess and like his feelings on them just like you know the kind of thing where it's just like uh too like hard work huh like just two hard two uh hard working guys like here let's just share a drink and uh yeah like you can kind of like let loose and tell me how you really feel sure um i would say either courtesy or rate or intrigue to kind of get them to open up well my courtesy is the highest so i'd like to test that 13 on a 13 what does that mean again uh that's a um matching it is a crit Woo! so check it and he takes the wineskin from you and takes a long sip and then looks at you and sips again and, you know, just kind of, uh, he looks like he's like, wants to say something, but then he's just keeps stopping himself. Go ahead, sir, and say what's on your mind. I have sworn an oath not to say anything bad about the lord or lady that I serve, and I will continue to serve them to my utmost throughout this time, but you were not unnoticed the other night. How so? Speak freely. Well, I am partial to the security of our tower here, and sometimes I just cannot sleep, and I I say it's just to keep an eye on things, but sometimes, you know, a nibble of cheese here or bread... And one can't help but notice others in the kitchen at night sometimes. So if you had observed this taking place, why hadn't you mentioned anything? And I still have not mentioned anything directly, for I swore to serve both my lord and lady. Your count, Sir Gwynor. Your count, Sir Gwynor, is he a fair man? He is most righteous and just, and I would do whatever I could to keep him from harm. And his wife, the Countess, is she a reasonable woman? My lord is righteous and just, and I will do whatever I could to keep him from harm. Understood. And he seems, like, really upset by all this. I'm sorry to trouble you. It's just uh, a lot has been weighing on my mind since the death of my benefactor and good friend lord amron sir amron i his loss will be felt throughout the realm i'm sure of it and kind of looking around like you see these peasants are just like ineffectually like digging 
ditches into like already overflowing. He's like, I don't think there's much that we could do um, here other than, you know, wait for the storm to die down. Perhaps uh, tomorrow it will be better. Indeed. So reluctantly, he drags the work party back and like, you're just like soaked to the bone. Baldrick's there with uh, yet another skin of wine to help you, you know, warm up. And like, he's there getting your best outfit together as do he has two previous nights. Golston is kind of quiet. He's brooding. He's not sure if he trusts the countess. He's not sure if he should distrust the count. He's kind of just like wondering if, if this whole plan is a big mistake, if he's going to be doing something terrible by rescuing this countess, she might have motives that he's unaware of and he doesn't want to be taken for a fool. Uh, so he's kind of just like brooding over this whole thing. And he's like, part of him is just like, what if I don't ask for Noah's wine? And what if I just leave this whole place? And uh, just kind of like thinking about like what his options are. Uh, but I'm sure that like after a certain amount of time of him just thinking to himself, like it's just going to be, you know, time for the feast. And he's not really going to like have, he's going to be out of time and not know what to do essentially. Well, you get dressed uh, despite uh, your brooding and the, this feast is much like the others. Everyone is happy and friendly and courteous. Entertainers keep laughter alive and the maidens serve some fine wine. Um, haunches and roasts and whole baked birds weigh down the tables. The, the dish tonight, um, the piece de resistance, is peacock. Uh, roasted and glazed with honey and green sauce and served with the skin and feathers still on. It's doesn't taste um, as good as other foods, but it's not about the taste. Sometimes it's about the presentation and, you know, Sir Golson's recently has been understanding that there's a bit more fashion to food lately. And the, a bard is um, coming out and he is uh, telling um, some stories and he's like um, kind of fishing around for them. Uh, The count, um, despite uh, his troubles yesterday seems, you know, somewhat happy and he asked the uh, the bard to regale him with an old pagan story, uh, the Night of the Swan. So the bard starts up with the st- um, story, and the story is about the Night of the Swan, who's a knight who seeks a woman he sees in a dream. She's called the Shining Queen. He discovers he is the wife of the King of the Castle of Bones, and he prepares to steal the woman by stealth. Before he acts, however, a crow brings him a head which describes the story of his own failed sleuthing. The Knight of the Swan then alters his plans and walks through the front gate to confront the hoary old king. Heroic combat ensues, but the Swan Knight wins, marries the queen, and becomes king. Uh, Would you like to try um, a fairy lore to see if you heard any of the story before? Close, but no. But uh, I can't help but kind of like see comparisons to like to like what's happening right here almost. Uh, and like, it's the whole thing. It's just becoming like way more unsettling. And Golston is just like really not sure if he wants to do this now. So the bard continues. Uh, the Knight of the Swan resists three temptations of drink, of lust and treasure. He won because he was forthright, honorable and courteous. When the tale is done, the bard retires. There's a lot of rejoicing and clapping. And, you know, the king seems, 
or the count seems pretty uh happy to have heard his old tale and like the countess is kind of like looking at you waiting for something to happen so i look at her and i i feel like she's waiting for me to say certain words and i'm just glaring back at her my lips shut so uh first off um if you're doing what i think you're doing uh you could check your prudent it's already checked so uh the the reverie continues through the night i guess what's going on in galston's head is like he's just like i'm not going to secretly kidnap this woman that is not honorable like if there's been some wrongdoing here like it's best to be forthright about it as the swan knight was in the story but that being said, he's not going to like go in and front the count, but he's also not saying the words. He's not asking for the Noah's wine. And uh, if the countess is displeased by this, she's going to have to uh, she's going to have to like grab him and say, like, you know, what are you doing or something? Because he's just not sold anymore. He thinks she's up to something else. She's like staring daggers at you, almost as if to say, what are you doing? This is not what we discussed. You're probably feeling even just more uncomfortable about like whatever decision you have made and like how you, your emotions have been just like cascaded across the inside of your heart this past few evenings. Like in my head, there's this kind of like moment that keeps playing back where me and uh, Sir Southern were out uh, watching the peasants dig. And I like I I got him to be candid with me, and he was like he wouldn't say anything good about the countess really, and it's like he wasn't able to tell me. And I understand like he's bound to certain oaths, and there's only so much you can say. But like the impression that Goldston got and how that read to Goldston was that he shouldn't trust the countess, but also he's confused because why didn't uh sir seether stop him golston is like maybe sir seether knew i would come to the right decision or something people do things and they make promises to do things and sometimes they're trapped by these promises golston uh it's just like fuck 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 noah's wine i request noah's wine the music stops and the Count looks at you in surprise. Noah's wine. This is a rare vintage, and I had thought to save it for my 200th birthday. Is this what you desire? If you'd be so kind. Very well, the Count says. Bring forth Noah's wine, he says to his butler, who bows and disappears. And then he kind of, you see Sir Seathern kind of like go <sighs> in his chair. And like the the countess is looking like super giddy of what's about to happen. Eventually, the butler um, comes across and produces the uh, this like kind of like weird looking cask. It's like wooden covered in like uh, skins of some sorts with like a bronze plaque. He hands it to the count um, on a platter, and then in like an explanation, the count says, "Oh." I've heard this is also called the wine a shame because in the East lands where the sun rises from the dead lived the sailor named Noah. After a long voyage, he drank from this brew and fell senseless to the ground 
so that his children mocked and shamed him. Some of that noble brew is still here now for our drinking. Would you like to roll religion and Christianity? Uh, that's a fail. Uh, well, there's been many Noahs. It certainly couldn't be that Noah. But he peels back the skins and the bark, and underneath it all is a simple clay jug. Well, Wilston is sweating profusely right now. He's just like, uh, just looking very nervous. Well, says the count, I will have no one speak badly about my hospitality. And this big golden and bejeweled chalice is brought forth. And the count kind of uncorks the jug. And there's like a gasp as like air is kind of like sucked in. And then just aroma of this liquid comes out and you can smell it from across the table even. And you're just watching as the Count uh, pours it into this bejeweled glass. How, how, how are you feeling right now? Very scared. Very nervous. He's, he, doesn't, he still doesn't understand the situation. So he's just like kind of just waiting to see what's going to happen. But like all this stuff is kind of like playing through his head. He's not sure who to trust. This thing about oaths. He thinks about like what he said that he would do this. And he's like, I have to do this because like oaths are important. And he also thinks about like all this stuff that they were saying about like, you know, I'm bound to certain oaths. Uh, then I will be free. Things like that. And when he saw um, Seathern kind of just like, it looked like relief to Goliston. So he was just like, okay, like maybe, maybe this is the right direction, but he's still just like sweating a ton. He, he's pleased that, as the Countess said, the Count would not, would not falter on his hospitality when, when uh, brought to task. And the wine was brought out and the story and everything. And it's like very kind of like surreal and scary to Goldston. He's not really sure what to expect. Um, he's not sure what's going to happen when he drinks it. Or it, like if he's if he's asked to drink it, if, if he's like what he's going to do, like what, what's going to happen. So he's kind of just like still trying to play the part and uh, be as cool as he can. Would you like to make me an opposed prudent reckless role? Failed my prudent past my reckless. Again, like these. Well, first off, check your reckless because this is kind of a reckless act. I'm not sure what you're doing here, but uh, it's fine. You watch as the count pours the last of the clay jug into this wine, uh, of this wine into this big cup, and he's about to like uh, drink from it. And you're looking across and you're seeing the uh, Sir Seathen uh, just kind of like sweating his boots. And okay, well, he made his loyalty roll. Um, you see uh, Sir Seathen kind of jump across and snatch the cup out of the Count's hands and like in one gulp just just drains it and just immediately falls unconscious. Shit. The cup clatters across the table and oddly there's no drops of wine left in it. Um, The Count uh, picks up the goblet almost dumbfounded and says, well... He does not like me to drink so much. I guess that was one way to prevent it. I will be sober now. You see the cup get uprighted on the table and you notice across like some servants are helping Cersei then like 
out from under the table where he just immediately fell unconscious. And now, like, the con- countess is looking at you like, uh, come on. And then she looks at the cup. Yeah, but, like, I'm not going to just grab the cup and run. Like, they- <laughs> I'm looking at her like, 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 what am I supposed to do now? What are you going to do now? Like, the, the count's just kind of, like, looking dumbfounded, like, at his servant um, being pulled away. And, like, the countess is just like, come on, I'm waiting. Uh, Goliston will kind of say, like, well, let it be known, Count. Your hospitality is truly unrivaled. And uh, he's kind of still just, like, looking around, occasionally, like, eyeing that cup on the table. And he's like, what a fine vessel you have there. Yes, uh, this is the cup of Ogamios, rare, very rare vessel. It's showing like uh, pagan scenes of like men hunting around the around the sides of it. There's jewels and like there's some strange writing that you have no idea what it says. Sir Golston is thinking about when he prayed to, for God to intervene and to guide his path. And he kind of thinks that, like, maybe that did happen. Like, maybe God saved his life by not having him steal the cup, by causing a wrinkle in the plan. And he's, he's like, he looks at it, and then just kind of, like, that anticipation and that buildup just kind of, like, washes away as he just kind of says, like, yeah, it's truly a majestic cup. And he kind of just, like, looks at the countess, uh, and kind of just gives like a, like, this is not going to happen look. She appears like incredibly angry and stands up and says, my good Lord, face me. And like stunned, the count um, like turns to her and like, like, what, what? Now, Sir Golston, take the vessel. And she's like screaming it at you at this point. Countess, I will not. You will, you will not, you will not what, but, but you said. Countess, and, I know I, I know I agreed to help you previously, but I don't believe I can trust you. And I don't believe I have any reason to distrust the noble and hospitable Count Gwyndor. You feel a tug at your sleeve and your squire Baldrick, who had made his uh, role, says, uh, Sir, did you actually swear to anything? I don't think I said anything like that. I agreed to it, but uh, I don't think I said like I swear it, but I might I might have. I don't believe an, so, Baldrick. Did you take an oath, my lord? I did not. Those are agreements I don't take lightly. Although and it does hurt me to go back on my word. I, I cannot do what is what is not right. And the count is just looking like super confused at all this and says, what, what is the meaning of this? I don't understand. My count, I'm afraid I must come clean of this plot. Plot? In my court? What? Indeed. And I am somewhat responsible and to blame. You see, the countess approached me, told me she was captive, in danger, and I was tempted by her beauty I must admit, I agreed to help her leave this place. However, after the death of a close friend of mine, I began to do some soul searching. When it came time to carry out this plot, my good God, the Christian God, intervened 
and caused Sir Sethern to drink the wine instead. I feel the utmost shame in having been a part of this, but I will not go through with this anymore. Countess, I'm not stealing this cup. And like, it's probably like gasps and stuff like that. I don't know. <gasps> People are so shocked that they think you should make either orate or courtesy roll. Um, but you have the option to impassion if you'd like. How do I impassion? I already rolled it and failed. Oh, it's it's fine. Um, you well, actually, that would pass your uh, hospitality if you would like. If you want to roll your hospitality, that'd be a good one. Oh yeah, actually, okay, hospitality. Um, that's a fifteen on a seventeen. All right, so uh, that would give you a first. You get a um a check in your hospitality, and you would get, then get a plus 10 to your role, be it uh, courtesy or orate, or be plus 10 to your skill. Okay, so roll my courtesy. Plus 10. Nice, so that's 16 out of 23, so pass. Okay, so I, I guess first check your uh, courtesy. If it's not already checked, it might be already. But as you're, like, giving this impassioned speech and... Uh, the the count uh, questions you what uh, what happened the past few evenings and like you're looking around and you're kind of expecting uh, the countess to uh, be upset at some of these accusations but at the end of it she's actually quite calm and says I did what I was told he says my countess I apologize to you as well I should not have agreed to something I was not willing to carry out but. At the end of the day, my honesty is important to me, and it is not something I'm willing to tarnish. And it is much, um, much valued in this court as well. And like her tone of speech, like took a drastic change from what it was moments ago. And the count explains that uh, it is his custom of his castle for to test the willingness and um, virality of his guest knights and you know if try to test them in their ways and prove them to be either um virtuous people or dastards and they're either rewarded or and honored or punished for it so um with smiles the count um turns and congratulates you on your honesty and says i'm glad he sees it that way because like golston is just like like seriously traumatized by this game he just like he's like what like what was real what wasn't real like he's just like uh you know and like so their attitudes have changed his kind of like has not and he still has this very grave like look and expression even if they're kind of like patting him on the back or or giving him like happy looks or whatever he's still just like like torn up inside from this whole ordeal yeah, it's quite traumatizing. And despite this, um, you know, the count um, says he renounces any more um, tests um, now that a knight as brave as yourself has come wrong and solved the custom of the castle. And he um, says once more that um, no more will he try to uh, trick knights into being what they're not. And he says he's like he's even considering like getting baptized and taking on the Christian religion, but we'll we'll get to that later, sort of thing. Because <laughs> you know he's basically um, 
you're getting like a little crash course in the custom of the castle sort of thing where they have these weird customs and Arthurian knights are supposed to come along and be tested, tempted, and then break them. Golston is like fake laughing along like, haha, that was really fun. Yeah. And like everyone's like patting you on the back and the count offers you the goblet to take in earnest now. And the, the Countess Trimore gives you the most chaste kiss on the cheek as a reward for your chastity throughout this time. And you're basically, you're the bar um, perks up again and starts singing about the, uh, the chastity, honor, um, and honesty of the brave uh, Sir Goliston, which you didn't know that was a song, but apparently it is here now. I and, um I like kind of thank the count for the lesson he's taught me. I'm just like this trial has taught me so much of my of my own values and my own morals and what I need to stay true to. You've given me a gift that I don't think I can ever repay. Like how how can I try to how can I try to make this right? By continuing to live and be a good and noble knight sir i promise as another gift that when you are ready to marry i will put in a good word uh to the father of whomever it is because the word of um count uh, guidnor you know carries some weight across the realm count guidnor you are truly the most hospitable host and a fine man and as the evening wraps up um Basically, the the rain stops and like like it kind of the water um sort of starts to go down on the other side of the dike and weirdly the kingdom is not flooded. It seems that like an act of God kept uh, the waters of lust and treachery and seduction from flowing over and taking out this beautiful land. So um, the next morning, you are um, given a cask of some fine wine. It's not Noah's wine, but it's a fine wine. And along with your goblet, and you're mounted on a beautiful white charger and um, sent back uh, to Sir Gregor to tell of your exploits and, you know, bring news of everything that you've done for the Count to your people. Dang, and I, I have like so much to tell him. I'm just kind of like, I can't wait to get back. And you do get back at some point. And uh, Sir Gregor, um, you know, he he's sipping a, a glass of wine. He's like, that's uh, some mighty fine wine there. So did you find the adventure? Indeed. And at the time, I didn't believe that I was partaking in it, but it was happening all along. This was... Truly quite a thrilling experience, Sir Gregor, and I must thank you for taking me under your wing and making all of this possible. I trust you've heard the news of Sir Amran's death. He nods and says, truly a, a great loss to the realm, and seems that even news this tragic could even pierce the veil beyond this realm and influence that of others. Indeed, Count Gwydnor was very hurt by Amrin's death. Let us drink this wine in honor of him and his life. Here, here. And he raises the um, his glass and you're raising yours, which is, you know, 
big, bejeweled, and really expensive. And uh, you toast in the evening, and the camera pans out to these two eyes just watching Castle Terrible from the edge of the woods, and blue smoke is kind of dissipating into the distance. I like knights. Do you like knights too? If so, check out our Scion, Temptation, and 13th Age games for more chivalric role-playing.